Hello and welcome back to the Everyday Christian Podcast. I'm your host, Chase Green. This is a podcast where we remind ourselves that God deserves every praise from every creature every day. We've been discussing doctrine this season on the podcast, and this is our season finale. We've got Avery Hackney back with us for our finale this season. And uh, I do want to throw this quick disclaimer out, and that is we've tried to cover as much doctrine as we possibly can, but you have to understand in a 21, 22-episode season, it's impossible to cover all of it. Again, study God's Word. Uh, the doctrine is in there. We know what it is. Um, again, I've covered kind of a, as broad of a, of a range as I thought I could. I know there's some things that I've kind of left out, and that wasn't intentional. That was just because uh, for for the sake of not having enough time and episodes to cover every single thing. But uh, we're going to finish talking about doctrine simply by talking about the church. I feel like that's a good uh, way to wrap up the season. So again, Avery is with us to discuss that. Avery, it's good to have you with us again. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm I'm very uh, happy to be here and happy to be talking about such an important topic. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's what I was going to kind of lead off with is this is a really, really important subject. I hope we can cover it um, in, you know, 20 or 30 minutes or whatever it may be. But uh, there's a lot of directions that I think we could take this. Uh, we could talk about the pattern and the organization of the church, which is a big one. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, doctrine, certainly there's doctrinal matters regarding elders and deacons and uh, autonomous congregations versus some of the the wrong uh, organizations that we see. We could also, of course, definitely talk about Jesus as the head of the church. That's extremely important. And Ephesians talks quite a bit about that in, in some other verses or other uh, books as well. The purpose of the church, you know, we could talk about, you know, a lot of a lot of times we kind of uh, we kind of nail it down to the threefold purpose of the church, evangelism, edification and benevolence. And we could talk about that unity in the church. Now, I did kind of do an episode or two on that. Also, the church and prophecy we could talk about problems that come up in the church. We could go through First Corinthians and mention a lot. But uh, what are your thoughts, Avery, as we kind of go into this very broad category of just the church? You know, <clears throat> to speak on two things, you, you talked about doctrine and how you tried to cover everything. And uh, we're going to try to, you know, talk about the church today. Well, there's so many different doctrines and there's so many different churches. It's hard to really talk about them all. So why don't we just simplify it and talk about the right one, <laughs> right? Right. Um, and, and so, you know, uh, a lot of those things you alluded to, I'm sure we'll get into. Um, but but this is, it's never been more important to talk about the church, especially with the rise of denominationalism in this country and, and the continuation of that. Um, seems like every day, I don't know if it, the same is true in your town, but it seems like every day a new church is springing up. I mean, we're building one, you know, our community's building one just down the street from where we worship at now. And uh, they just are a dime a dozen, if you will, you know. Yep. Yep, for sure. So again, there's a lot of different directions we could take a discussion on the church. We kind of want to just speak to it, generally speaking, and and like you said, talk about the one church that we read about in the Bible. Jesus established one. It's very clear. If you read your New Testament and the prophecies of it in the Old Testament as well, there's only one. And uh, denominationalism has rapidly spread in the last several centuries. Before that, you also had the Roman Catholic Church and a couple other denominations that 
are in error as well. And, and we'll probably talk about a, a little bit of that. But Avery, do you think that there's any confusion on this subject? Well, yeah, again, going back to just the vast amount of different, you know, quote, churches that we see in this country, there's obviously confusion because, you know, you can go on the website of any one of the churches in your town, and this is true of all towns, and you may or may not find a mission statement, and they all differ from one another of what they believe and what they teach. And, you know, God is not the author of confusion, right? First yeah, Corinthians uh... chapter 14. Right. Yeah. Um, so, so God's not the one who's making the confusion. And so is there confusion in the religious world on the subject of the church? Absolutely. Um, but who is the one that created the confusion? And I think it goes back to, uh, you know, this idea of we can't decide for ourselves what we want, but it's not about that. It's not about what we want. It's about what God has said. And if we were just willing to go back to the Bible, like you said, go back to the New Testament, read about the church, um, a lot of that confusion would go away. It'd be self-correcting. Yeah. I was going to say, uh, really, when you think about it, ultimately the devil is the author mm -hmm. of confusion. And I think reading between the lines there in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 33, I, I bet Paul had that kind of in the back of his mind there. God's not the author of confusion, therefore the devil is the one who's the author of confusion. And it's not just confusion from a standpoint of the church, but it's also, you know, like we talked about last couple of weeks, morality. There's a lot of confusion there and many other subjects. There's a lot of confusion of which the devil is the author of. And, you know, he's a liar. He always has been. He's, he's a liar from the beginning. When God said, you shall surely die if you partake of the, the, the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And, the devil added one word, and that one word lie, you shall not surely die, made all the difference. And uh, human history was forever changed because of that. And so uh, the devil is the one who's really confusing a lot of people, unfortunately. And we take no pleasure in taking note of that, but it is the truth. And uh, we've got to preach the whole counsel of God, including the fact that there's one true church that we read about in the Bible. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. <clears throat> I mean, uh, you know, Satan certainly introduced that word not to Eve. Um, but there comes a point where Eve had to accept or reject that word not. Um, and so, again, you know, Satan is the uh, the one pushing these doctrines. Uh, but we have the choice to, to accept or to deny. And, you know, again, going back to the idea of God is not the author of confusion. If we would just go back to God and his word. Um, it, it's very clear what he wants for us in our lives and what he wants for the church, the church, the singular church. Um, so I think we just need to get back to the Bible and get back to Scripture and see what it has to say. Let's leave our opinions. Let's leave our traditions. Let's leave our you know family heritage in, in a particular church, and let's just go and honestly read Scripture. Yep. Yeah, to, uh, it's kind of become cliche now, especially because we're so used to hearing it, but it really is true. Call things by, you know, call Bible things by Bible names, uh, speak where the Bible speaks, stay silent where the Bible's silent, that sort of thing. That's a, I mean, that's a good motto. Um, right. And it, like I said, we've heard it all our lives, so it, it is kind of cliche for us, but, but it's true. And uh, we want to call people to do that. There is a mindset 
today, and there's a phrase that goes along with it, spiritual, but not religious. Or uh, sometimes people say it this way, give me Jesus, but not the church. Avery, what are some major problems with this mindset that most, or maybe not most, but a lot of people have today? Um, everything. <laughs> Everything's wrong with this mindset. I know you alluded to Ephesians, uh, and I want to just bring up a few points from Ephesians. And In chapter 1 and verse number 20, it says, which he worked in Christ. So we know we're talking about Christ at the, at the end of Ephesians chapter 1. Then we go down to verse 22. It says, and he put all things under his feet. Okay, that his there is is the Christ from verse 20. Subject is still, you know, the same. And gave him, Christ, to be the head over all things to the church. Okay, so Christ is the head of the church, which is his body. Verse 23. How do you separate the head from the body and still expect life? Right. right? And so when we have this idea of Give me Jesus. Don't give me uh, the church. I'm spiritual, but not religious. You're separating a head from a body. Now, I think it's important to note, going back to what we just talked about a moment ago, there's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of different you know, views towards the church or churches. Some people believe there's, you know, everybody can be their own thing. Um, well, Ephesians chapter four, verse number four. I mean, you stay in my Bible. It's the exact same opening says there is one body. Okay, so we're talking about the singular church. There is only one, um, as given in Ephesians and given in other places in Scripture. But when you have a, a head with uh, without a body, you know, it doesn't live. And when you have a body without a head, it doesn't live. And so for those people who have this idea of give me Jesus but not the church, I'm spiritual but not religious, or something along those lines, I think they've just been a body without a head. And, and and then they they get upset with the different, you know, churches they attend or visit with. That's because you're not really visiting a church. You're, a, you know, you might call yourself a member, but what you're really joined to is a body without a head. That's not the body. Yeah. Um, and so, again, I don't think we should uh, look at, a bad experience from a, a group of people who are not the church and then try to take that out on the body of Christ. Right. Right. You, know? you don't, you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater to use the expression. Right. So many people do that. And, you know, you mentioned Ephesians chapter one, verse 23, it says the body is the fullness of him who feels all in all. Jesus feels all in all. He's, he fills our spiritual cup, so to speak. And the fullness of him doing that is found in his body. So it goes hand in hand. And so many people want to separate him from his body. And we can't do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I mean, can we be honest with ourselves? I mean, if you've ever turned on the TV and seen a televangelist, um, and I'm not going to say any names, you know, it, it doesn't matter who, but you can turn on almost any uh, televangelist at some mega church throughout our country. And we have several here near St. Louis. Um, and it's motivational speaking. A lot of times they'll give a whole quote sermon. Don't even bring up the Bible at all. You, you have to be honest with yourself. Is that what the church of the new Testament looks like? No, that isn't. I mean, you're going to a conference to, to, feel better about yourself and, you know, talk about, you know, your goals and your life and blah, blah, blah. 
Um, but don't call it something that it's not. Right. And and to to look at that and say, well, that's the body of Christ. No, that's not the body of Christ. And so when we talk about his body, that's where we really find fulfillment, okay, in, in the body of Christ. Okay, going back to that verse 23, who fills all and uh in all. So again, the confusion that is in this world. Uh, when it comes to different churches and these people who say, well, I'm spiritual, but not religious. You, you really weren't part of the church in the first place. Mm-hmm. And so if you, if you try to look at that and say, well, I wasn't filled all in all, well, maybe that should be a telltale sign that, well, maybe that wasn't the church. Right. Right. Well, um, and sometimes people will read like James one twenty six and 27. I think we mentioned it a week or two ago, but it talks about how if anyone among you seems to be religious and doesn't bridle his tongue, his religion is useless or vain. Maybe they'll stop reading right there and see, say, see, religion is vain. Religion is bad. No, that's not what James was saying. Not at all. Because he goes on and he says in verse 27, he talks about true and undefiled religion, proper mm-hmm. religion. John right. four twenty four talks about how we should worship or it says we must worship God in spirit and in truth. So there, there's expectations there. Uh, the church was purchased with Jesus's blood, Acts 20, verse 28, and some other passages that deal with that as well. It's very serious business, his church is, and uh, we need to take it seriously. The Lord adds to the church daily those who are being saved, Acts 2, verse 47. It says, uh, Ephesians 1, verse 3, all spiritual blessings, and the utmost spiritual blessing, of course, being salvation, all spiritual blessings are located in Christ. And again, we can't separate Christ from his church, and so many people want to do that. The church is not a denomination. We want to go that direction. The church is not a denomination. Uh, denomination simply means just a division. Uh, the divisions are condemned in Scripture. First Corinthians 1, verse 10, Paul says, I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Uh, John John chapter 17, Jesus prayed, and I believe six times he uses the word one in describing what he wanted his disciples to be, that they would be one, just as you know the, the Father and the Son are one, etc. Ephesians chapter 4, which you referenced, uh, there are seven ones there uh, around which our unity is supposed to, to uh, flow forth, and, and those aren't the only things that are involved in unity, but it's a big part of it, the seven ones. From Ephesians chapter four, so uh, we're not a denomination. There is no such thing as a God ordained denomination. It's it's God's church. So you want to speak to that a little bit? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> you know, we we use that term denomination, and, and you know, if you've been a member of the Lord's church, or you know, if you may be very well uh, informed about the definition of what it means to be a denomination. I also want to speak to the fact that we need to be careful with the term non-denominational. Um, that's something we have said for years. You know, if people ask us, well, what does your church believe or, or something? A lot of times the, the quick and easy answer is, well, we're non-denominational. Um, and I understand the sentiment of that, but we need to be extremely clear with what we actually teach and what we believe. And that is 
you know, the New Testament church, whatever it says we do, you know, call Bible things and Bible names uh, by Bible names and do Bible things in Bible ways, you know, go back to the Bible and speak where the scriptures speak and be silent where they're silent. We need to be clearer on that because I know in my area, um, I'm seeing a rise, which I'm right outside of the, the quote Bible belt, if you will. Um, so it may be a little bit different where you are. I'm not sure. But um, in our area, what I'm seeing is a lot of young people. They had these bad experiences with uh, big, you know, corporate, if you want to call it that, churches. Uh, they don't feel welcomed. They go to mega churches. They don't like it. Maybe their parents did, but they they don't want that. They want a close, intimate, um, you know, family unit. And so they're starting. There, there's a huge rise of quote non-denominational churches that kind community of community churches. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Community churches, and. In fact, yesterday, and this was just completely by happenstance, I was speaking with a young man. Um, we were talking about, you know, religious matters, and he said, well, I want to invite you to our church. Um, and he gave me a flyer and everything, and uh, he said, we're non-denominational. And I was like, okay, well, can you describe to me what that means? And he said, well, um, couple months ago we were part of the methodist such and such mm-hmm. convention and we uh, we decided to move away from that um but here's kind of what we do and what we teach and and basically what he described to me is a denomination who just now calls themselves non-denominational well and oftentimes uh, they're multi-denominational yeah exactly like, it, it yeah. don't matter what you are just come here and, and we'll accept you and, and we can gain numbers by not really having any distinctions and doctrine at all. Right. And so anything goes. Right. And, and so I, I caution our brethren to be careful with that term, not because we are part of the denomination or anything of the nature, but that that term has been hijacked. Well, that term, a, it, it can be a good term depending on how you yeah, use it, but it yeah. has been hijacked. Well, yeah, and, and absolutely. We understand the sentiment behind the term. Of like we do, we're, we're autonomous. We are the Lord's church as presented in scripture. We are not following any kind of man-made creed or convention or, you know, there's no head of the Lord's church on this earth, meaning that, you know, we don't have a, a headquarters and, you know, in some state somewhere, you know, that's Christ what is we, the head. Right, exactly. You know, um, and so we don't, we know what we mean by the term non-denominational, but I'm just saying I'm seeing a lot of people in, in at least in our area that are using that term to just basically describe a denomination who uh, basically rejects kind of like Protestant, you know, yeah. uh, they're, they're, you know, well, we reject big church. So we're non-denominational. Right. And then they just move big church into a small building and it's still the, mm-hmm. the big corporate lovey you know fluff not a lot of spiritual depth it's the same thing it's just moved locations exactly um so i just i just want to warn our brethren about that because i'm seeing that a lot a lot around here yeah i think uh you know i've used the term non-denominational in the right way before and i think as long as we're using it the right way and describing that that can be fine um but there is a danger in people misconstruing what we mean by that. And so more precise terminology would be undenominational, pre-denominational, uh, anti-denominational, against denominational, uh, things such as this, so that people can understand, hey, we 
totally disagree with the concept of denominationalism, dividing up the church, which the Lord himself spoke against. Paul very clearly spoke against it. We're not supposed to be dividing up his church. How dare we? Who are we to do such a thing? Mm -hmm. And, um, of course, we could go into Matthew 16, verse 18. Jesus built his church, his mm -hmm. possessive pronoun describing who it belongs to in church, singular, not churches. So um, can you talk about, I guess, the one church that we read about in the Bible compared to the multiplicity of churches that we see today, the many different denominations? Oh, absolutely. Um, and, and, you know, first I want to say that if, if anybody's listening to this and they are not uh, familiar with the Lord's church, nothing said here is meant to be arrogant um, or to come off as, uh, you know, better than or anything like that. We just simply are urging people to go back to the Bible. I mean, at, at the end of the day, that's, you know, all of our rule book. You know, every human being on this planet, whether you believe or not, that is still the, the rule book by which we are judged. And so we are just urging people to go back to the rule book. So with that in mind, we must see what the rule book says. And as we mentioned just a moment ago, you know, Ephesians chapter 1, verses 20 through 23, Christ is the head over the church. Um, the church is his body, verse 23. And then we looked at those ones in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 4. There is one body, and it goes on to talk about all the different ones. There's several ones listed there between verse 4 and verse 6. Um, so there's the church in and of itself is singular in nature. So when we talk about this idea of being different from a denomination, we're not just saying, hey, we're better people than those people. Okay, That's not what's being said. We're just simply saying that God did not intend for all of his children to believe different things. He, he created one unit. He did not want a division. He did not want denominationalism. He wanted a single place where all of humanity could come and have contact with him. All right, this is a good stopping point. We're going to go ahead and pause the episode for this week. Lord willing, next week, tune back in, and we will finish up the season finale of the Everyday Christian Podcast.